you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, January 31st, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a man who compares his Super Bowl experience to a near-death experience in which his entire life flashed before his eyes. All true. What inspired that moment? And what happened next? Well, that's a story you have to hear. He's a husband and a father and a champion and a good enough dude to put it in that order. He's Sean O'Hara. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. Thanks, Drew. I get goosebumps every time you start talking about Super Bowl week. Well, let's talk about Super Bowl week. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, well, Sean O'Hara looks back to Super Bowl 42. Not because he wants a moment of nostalgia, not because he wants to drag out some old memories and talk about the good old days. No, because in his experience in Glendale, Arizona, in Super Bowl 42, he learned a couple of things that can, that will, if they're listening, help the Niners and the Chiefs as they prepare this week and next for Super Bowl 58. Sean also has a rather depressing message for the Ravens and Lions. I'm sorry to deliver it, but it's true. And that message, you'll never get over it. Jesus, man, really? Yeah, really. He'll explain. But first, this. Touchdown Giants! And that is it. The New York Giants have knocked off the New England Patriots with the most improbable win in recent memory. Okay, Sean O'Hara, I know you love the sound of that clip. February 3rd, 2008, Super Bowl 42 in Glendale, Arizona. The Patriots favored by, cover your ears, New England, 12. Final score, 17-14, ending the unbeaten run 
of a team hoping to do what only the Dolphins had done before, finish an entire campaign undefeated. Well, you made sure that didn't happen, and you walked away with the spoils. An incredible night. Final score, 17-14. Again, I want you to take us back to that night, Sean, because you told a story this morning that I really want you to share, and it was in that story that you said that your life slash career flashed in front of your eyes. Your family was there. Um, There was a lot of emotion. Take me to that moment. Take us to that moment. It was an emotional week, and... You know, the night before the game, Tom Coughlin got up in front of us, and normally his Saturday night pregame spiel, as we call it, involved all kinds of keys to victory. And like in the start of the season, it's like five keys to victory. By the end of the year, it's like 25 keys. Like you got to do this, this, and this. It was <laughs> right. like a grocery list. Um, and he had all these statistics, you know, about the turnover battle on the road versus at home. And on Saturday night, we all, like when we broke up from the special teams, and it was now, all right, hey, team meeting, here we go the overhead turned on and everybody kind of, it was like the groan of everybody getting comfortable in the chair. Like yeah, this is go. about to be a long one. Yeah. Here goes TC with his numbers. He turned it off and he said, you know what? I'm not going to do that tonight. Tonight. I want to talk to you about how important this is for us as a family, but for each and every one of your family members. And he took us back to the first time he won a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. And he said, I had no idea the impact it was going to have on my wife and my kids. And the fact that he personalized that moment for all of us mm. in front of the whole group, I mean, everybody, it, it resonates with me to, the, to this day. I got goosebumps right now just talking about it. The, the magnitude of the game, you get so focused on the game and got to go out and win and the assignment, and you almost kind of you, you lose sight of, like, how many people are there with you, rooting for you. And so the night before the game, Coach Coffin's talking to us about how much it meant to his family, to his brothers, to his, um, you know, his kids and his wife. And so you personalize it and you just start thinking about, and I went back to my room that night and just started thinking about, oh my gosh, like I'll never forget my dad, you know, he gave me my first hit in football and he was my first coach and, you know, your high school coach and then your college coaches and your teammates, your buddies. Like, so all of that the night before the game. And then to your point, I'm walking on the field and I look over and I see my mom and my dad, my brothers, my sister, my wife, in the stands and it's my sporting life and everything that had led up to that moment just kind of flashed and it's just it's it's really it's an unbelievable ambrosia of emotions that hits you and I had to kind of gather myself you know I, I started walking to them and then I it's it started welling up and I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna have a breakdown right now so I and I like did like a little circle back you know like and then I'm like all right now I can go over oh, and say hi and compose yourself so that's such a, it's such a big moment because it is. It takes so much work to get there and so much support, um, and not there's not one player that's taken that field that isn't going to have somebody in the stands that has been with them when they got cut, when they got traded, when they didn't make the team, when they failed, they lost a big game, they dropped the ball, they made a bad pass, they missed a tackle, missed a block, and at that moment it doesn't matter because they are in the ultimate game, the biggest game of the entire world and they have a chance to to go down in history one way or the other so it's it's amazing everybody talks about you gotta pace yourself and the energy and lock in the emotion is something that you've never really experienced and i don't know that i don't know that it's different even if you have played in one or if you've already won one like the next one it's like having another kid right like oh it's my third kid like i'm not gonna cry when that baby comes out i hold it first time no it's like it's happening it's a different kind of love (laughs) Right, right I thought about your story. I'm so thank you so much for sharing that. I thought about your story when you shared a little bit of that this morning. 
And I thought about, again, the fact that you were undrafted. And I've called that out a few times on this podcast, and you, you sort of tease me about the fact that that becomes your, your descriptor, and yet you own it and love it as a part of your story because it does define the man that you are and the resilience that you showed and the perseverance that you've shown in your career. But I thought specifically about the story, that when you think about your career and your life in that moment, and it flashes in front of your eyes— you weren't an anointed player out of high school and out of college and in the pros. You were one of those guys, like so many of your colleagues in the NFL, who was on a constant prove-it mission. Constant. Prove that I belong. Prove that I belong. Prove that I'm going to stay. And you did it so well. Three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You did it. You did it at the highest level. You did it on the biggest stage. You did it with the lights shining brightest. And it's an extraordinary thing that most of us in the world will never experience. We can only experience it through you. But I should think that in a moment like that, the life flashing before your eyes, somebody who was undrafted needed the support maybe even more than so many other players who were first and second round picks, who were assumed to be on their way to greatness. No, not for you. You had to convince your family members and your wife and other people around you that, no, hang in there with me because I know I can do this. I know I can do this, even if they don't know yet that I can. I know that I can, and you needed them to believe in you, and I know that they did, but that must be just that layer of meaning that's even more pressing and more wonderful and more emotional, I should think, in the moment because... You're one of those guys, like so many, who needed the support and the belief of people around you, even when the team, the league, the system, the draft didn't maybe believe as much as you did. Yeah, and really, you look out on the field as a fan, and it's they see you as the player you are right now. They don't, they don't see they don't everything know what went that into went it. into getting there, and so. For my family, it was it was you know look like you said I wasn't even supposed to be in the NFL. Right. I wasn't even supposed to be uh, in college. I, I was a walk on in college. So my family saw me walk on at Rutgers and then earn a scholarship and then become a starter and then kind of have to do the same thing. So for them, I think they just you know realize man in this moment like this is unbelievable. Um, and even though I'd been in the NFL, um, you know that was my seventh year in the NFL. Um, just being in the NFL that long was an accomplishment, but being there for that was huge. And then, ironically, I'm snapping the ball to a guy who was a number one overall pick Correct. that an entire franchise traded all their future Correct. draft picks for. Right. And it's like for him, it's the mo- it's more validation of anything like that. I was worth all of that, right. and this is why you make that move and why you make that trade. And you know, when I say like everybody that was involved in your football life, like Ernie Acorsi. In that moment, you know, everything for him, I'm sure, came to fruition, too, because he had to go out on a limb and say, no, that's the guy I want, and I'm willing to give up future first-round picks for it. Um, And in that moment, it paid off. If I set the over-under at 100, how many calls, texts from players from high school, from college, former coaches, friends coming out of the woodwork, friends who knew what you went through? You must have been hit up by everybody you knew that week and in the days after. Um, it, it's funny. Was there a particular call or text or, or conversation you had with somebody that stands out in what must have been a deluge of love and support that week? It was, it, it was amazing as every game, every road game, after the game, everybody piles out of the locker room, you get on the bus. The first thing everybody would do would, hey, you, get on, you check out your phone. There was like a competition. Like, how many messages do you have? 
258. How many do you have? I got 360. And it was like, like literally, you're, everybody's looking at their phone. Right, like how many right. texts are you competition Voicemail with you guys. box is full. Everybody right. on the bus, the voicemail box was full. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Every family member, every friend, every coach, everybody's calling to leave a message. Congratulations. Um, I, I think my favorite voicemail, and actually, I might have actually called him because it was one of my college buddies. Joe, his name is Joby Cerrone. He was in New York City. And he called and he was like, no effing way. You guys just won the Super Bowl. Listen to New York City right now. He's like, people are jumping on top of cabs right now. Like he called me That's and amazing. like, let me hear like this city was going nuts. You're in the He's relative like, quiet in, of Glendale, yeah, Arizona. I'm in Arizona. New York City is going bonkers. Out. Manhattan's going nuts. Oh, wow. Um, that was one of them. I, I, I had called my high school coach um, before the game just leading up to him just to let him know I was thinking about him. And like, you know, this is such a big moment and just want to let you know I would never be here with, you know, if it hadn't been for you. So that was a, a really sentimental phone call um, and, and, and just kind of thanking him for everything. So that's one that will always stick out. Um, I had a, a teammate buddy of mine, uh, Brad Bedell, who I played with in Cleveland. And um, he was out of the league at that time and was coaching, getting into coaching. Um, and it was really cool just because he was like, he called and he was like, I'm crying. My dad's crying. My, like my mom's crying. Like, it, you know, it's, it's things like that, that kind of, you know, really resonate with you. Um, but it was, it was just amazing the guys, people that you look on the phone and it's like, maybe you hadn't heard from them in five, six years. Hey man, hope this is still your number. Congrats. And it's just, it's it's amazing because you feel like you want to respond to every single one of them. Yet you're like, you're like, I also want to soak in this moment. Of I'm course. on the bus with my team, and I, you know, I don't want to. You know, they know it. They get it. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Eli probably. Actually, I think Strahan probably broke the record for the most amount of text messages. But uh, yeah, it was in the hundreds, and it was uh, it, it was pretty remarkable to see the outpouring of, of love and support from everybody. Listener, I can attest just sitting here next to Sean in the studio here that the light is on in a different way when he tells these stories and the mist is still readily accessible to your eye telling that Coughlin story which I think is a wonderful story of a man that we sort of saw as a little bit emotionless a little bit mm. bloodless those of us on the outside yeah. and and here he shares this very sort of personal journey and and really taps into your souls the night before a Super Bowl but I should think that to some degree for the 106 players on both the Niners and the Chiefs this week and next week and then of course for the winner the lucky winner and the loser too in the hours after the Super Bowl all of the support will make manifest all of it for the losers too they will be getting shout outs of love and support and hey hey keep your head up what a wonderful season you had um, for the winners they will have that life flash before their eyes moments I really, I, I look forward to this, the next 12 days. I think we're sitting 12, 11 days now, sitting here on Wednesday morning, 11 days away from the kickoff of Super Bowl 58. And what a journey this is for these men and for these teams, the men and women on these teams that make up these teams. And of course, for all of you fans out there too, Niners and, and Chiefs fans, this is a journey for you too. You're emotionally invested in this. Enjoy every minute. Because if you really do enjoy every minute, if you do invest your whole soul into these moments, you can be sitting here like Sean O'Hara, no matter what the outcome, and be able to resurrect those feelings as if they were yesterday. And they weren't yesterday. That was, what, 15, 16 years ago. And uh, it's still alive yeah. in your soul and will be, I should think, forever. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's a life-changing moment. And, you know, kudos to you, too, because... It, it's not just that we won. It's getting to the Super Bowl. Playing, like I have people that come up to me and they say, 
I was at that game. I was there. I brought my son. It was a bet. I had to, you know, I don't know how I bought the tickets. I don't know how I did it. We had to fly to San Diego and drive to, you know, Arizona. But we were there. And it's like they talk about it like it happened yesterday. They remember every moment. I remember celebrating, you know, Patriots fans are crying behind me. And, you know, we're hugging. And um, it's like they it's like the birth of one of their children. They remember what they were wearing, where they were. Every they, You remember everything about it. And I think that's, you know, even for both sides, like even if you don't win, if your team doesn't win and you are invested in that game, you're at the game, you're watching the game, you're going to remember it forever. Like you, you know exactly where you were, what you were doing, who you were with. Um, it's one of those few moments in life where I think everybody just kind of, you take a snapshot of it and you're like, yep, this is going to be one of those moments that I'll always remember. You have some advice for the Niners and the Chiefs. For the players who maybe haven't played in the Super Bowl, but certainly for those who have as well. And your advice to them is to be a conservationist, not for the Hawks Bill Turtle or for the Sumatran Rhino, as endangered as their lives are, but for your own precious resources of pregame energy. Sean O'Hara, please explain. Yeah, everybody talks about, hey, you've got to control your emotions and, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl, you know, you want to make sure that you're focused and you're not getting distracted with anything. But everybody talks about all of that. And, they, and yet here I found myself on Super Bowl Sunday as I walk out on the field to do my normal pregame warm-up routine. Every game day, like, you know, we're all creatures of habit. So we have a routine. I'm going to eat this, eat this time and get to the stadium at this time. I would go out, do my own little warm-up thing. I would walk the hash marks because as a center, they spot the ball on the hash marks. Rarely is it spotted in the middle of the field. So you're, I used to always check that out. I'd always find the play clocks because I had to know, like, hey, time's running down just like the quarterback. Where is it when I'm facing this way? Where is it when I'm facing the other way? Every you're a topographer. You're mapping yeah, you're, the, exactly. the environment. You're, you're doing recon. Um, and I'm out there warming up, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, where's my buddy Dan Copen? Where's Matt Light? Where are these, you know, the guys? The, that the, the opponents that you know Patriots. on the Patriots. Yeah, Vrabel. You're looking for those Junior guys. Seau, and Where were they? I want to talk shit to Rodney Harrison. <laughs> um, they're not, no one, nobody from the Patriots is out there. And then the light bulb goes on. And I'm looking around, and I see there's like 15 of us. We're running around, looking at all, everything, scoping all out, checking out, burning energy, warming up, getting a sweat going thinking that's what we should be doing, and there's not a single Patriots player out there running around, warming up, doing any of that. I'm looking for Larry Izzo. No, not there. I turn around, and I'm like, guys, we should go back inside. Like, they're, they're not out here. Like, they know something we don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? They've been here before. Let's learn from them. Because you don't realize you go out and you warm up, you do all that, then you go back in, you come out as a team, you warm up again, you go through your normal routine, then you go back in the locker room, then you come out, and it's not like any other game. Normally... In a game, you come out of the locker room as a team after already warming up. You come out, they do the coin toss, they do the, na- the national anthem, and boom, kickoff. This is a totally different production. I remember coming out, and we're all fired up, and we do our routine, the, the crowd's going nuts, and then it's like, all right, everybody on the sidelines. We stood there for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, you know, performance this at endless this, weight. This, you know, it's, it's almost and like it's a, amazing for it's us a viewers. banquet before the game. It's amazing for the viewers, right? The spectacle of it all. It's amazing. Yeah. And yet for you guys, it must be excruciating. Like, can we please start this right. freaking thing Is already? the show over? Can the game start? Can the game like, start, please? Isn't that what we're here for? So it's funny because everybody goes over the silence and you're like, all right, what do we do? And I'm looking over the Patriots silent because I'm like, what are they doing? I'm like, hey, guys, they're all sitting on the bench. They're sitting down. And like, you know, most of the guys are like, oh, I want to stay loose. It's like, dude, it's 20 minutes. If you're running around here for 20 minutes, like you've basically played a game. You've played a half before the game even starts. Oh, so like the Super Bowl is six quarters. And 
So it's like, all right, so I sat down. I'm like, all right, sit, chill. And then with like, when it's like, all right, on the clock, hey, it's about five minutes. Then you get up, start warming back up again. But you literally, if you do everything you normally would do, you warm up and cool down four times before kickoff even happens. So that's the, the energy you have to conserve. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I guess if you drive a Tesla, like you got to know, like how many hours do yeah. I have? No mileage. I got to, I got to space it out. I got to know, you know, do what's I my range here, right? What's my range as a wild card that 07 season, it was the 08 playoff run, of course, but it was the 07 season always gets a bit tricky with the, with the turnover to a new year. You had been on the road, road warriors. You called yourselves for that entire playoff run more than a month. You were the fifth seed in a 16 bracket, so you spent that entire playoff run on the road. Based on that experience, you believe that the rhythms of travel, even if only for the last couple of weeks, gives the Chiefs a small but real advantage. Yeah, and look, I mean, last year they won the Super Bowl being, you know, going home all the way, so it was a different perspective. But this year they've been on the road the last two weeks, right? They go up to Buffalo, they go to Baltimore. Um, they've had to deal with the conditions at home, even in the wild card round, that, that cold factor. So I almost feel like they're a little bit more battle-tested this year as opposed to last year where the comforts of home and then the routine of, hey, we're at our normal team hotel. Like, it, it's different. And from a, a psychic standpoint, there are times where I actually liked playing on the road because you are hyper-focused. When you're on the road, it's like, all right, I'm ignoring all the distractions. I'm locking, tuning everything out. Boom, we are locked in. I always felt less nervous on the road. I was a college soccer player, and obviously it's, it is not like for like. It's not apples to apples at all. But just the experience of being a competitor in a competitive environment on the road, I felt many more nerves at home than I did because my girlfriend yeah. and my friends and my family yeah. sometimes would be in the crowd, and I felt like there was more to lose. There were, there were more opportunities for me to screw up and look bad, you know, as a vain young kid who doesn't know shit, right? Yeah. And yet when I went on the road playing at Evansville and Indiana and all these other places, I loved it. I loved the fact that they hated us. I loved the fact that they were throwing coins at us in Evansville, you dirty bastards. I loved that because the pressure was off. It was more about focusing on winning, on doing my task and beating those guys than it was about living up to some standard that had nothing to do with the game itself. Does that ever come into play where pressure's kind of off? Your family's not there. You don't have to worry about all those tickets. Playing a road game, a normal road game, not a Super Bowl, of course, but does that come into play as an NFL player? Yeah, no doubt. And it's that road warrior mentality. Like when you're leaving the house, you're putting on your gear, you're putting on your armor, you're grabbing your shield. When you're at home, you're in your robe. You know, like you're a little more vulnerable. Right. So I think it's it is different. For us in 07, I remember having a conversation with a couple of guys. We played in the very first London game against Miami, and it was week eight. Um, excuse me, I think it was week nine. We were no, we were five and two at the time. It was so it was week eight. And I remember going out there and I'm like, man, this must be what it's like to play in a Super Bowl. Two teams playing in a neutral stadium. All these distractions, all this media hoopla leading up to it. It was the first ever game in London. So we're doing, you know, we got there a couple of days ahead and we're doing PR stuff and interviews and we're representing the league and all eyes are on us for this game. And so I remember saying, man, this must be what it's like. Well, lo and behold, that was that same year. So right. to that point, we were battle tested. We went on the road throughout the whole playoffs. And I think that that mindset, that hyper focus that, that you bring to that is like, hey, man, it's us against the world. That was what Strahan told us. Hey, it's us against everybody. And we are going to stomp you out. That was when he did his jump. Right. And that was the whole mentality. Oh, we know and the it mindset. Well. So um, I think there is definitely something to that. And for the Chiefs this year, they've had to do that. So I think there's a little something to oh, my parents over here, mine over here. No, no, we're in this together. It kind of brings that 
group of It's of a road cadets. trip with the boys like, week yeah. after week. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think there's definitely something to that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara. And the next topic is morning in America. And yes, it's early this morning, but not M-O-R-M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Expressions of deep sorrow for loss. That should not be conflated with real loss, by the way. Let's make that clear, like losing a loved one. No, that's not what we're talking about. But Sean O'Hara, you believe that in the case of the Ravens and the Lions, Sunday's loss, the championship game loss, is something that they will never get over. Yeah, it's something that they're going to think about forever. And for Baltimore, you know, especially the fact that the 49ers are now in the Super Bowl, they spanked the 49ers. Like so they're going they're, they're right now to they're saying wrangle them, madden them, oh, no I mean, end. Yeah. They're, they're they're Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator is They're like, not going to watch. We you know, Purdy threw four picks on it. You know, like we had we had a pick sixes. We 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 ran them out of the building. And the fact that we couldn't get oh, past the Chiefs, I kind of like, think, about, think about the, that. Think about Sean. the narrative right now. Yes. If Baltimore and 49ers are playing the Super Bowl, everybody the, the line would be heavily favored to the 49. I mean, to the Baltimore, to the Ravens. Even though the 49ers offensively are probably more high powered and because score more we points. saw just a few weeks ago yeah, what we the did, Ravens, we, to we your point, did to the Niners. So Baltimore, I mean, that's gonna. Oh, that's I'm God. sorry if I'm if on them, salt I'm not in the wound. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially if. You know, if the 49ers go on to win, because you're like, man, we so we beat them. I should think that the Niners would actually, or that the Ravens rather would actually prefer that the Chiefs win. Go right. do to we right, lost, go we do to the to Niners the what we did to the Niners. Right. So at least we lost to the champs. Right. We lost to the best yeah. team 
in the tournament this yeah. year. And Detroit's saying the same thing. We but have the, the 49ers reason, win. Oh, God, exactly. But the reason that you say that is because I'm going to take you back to January 11th, 2009, the year before you'd won it all. You got to the mountaintop. Come 08, the 08 season, the 09 playoffs, you're thinking we're going back to back. We're going back to back, and you have a divisional round game at home against the Eagles. It's a wrap, baby. This thing is over. It's a wrap. That will do it. For the fifth time in Andy Reid's 10 years, the Eagles are going to the NFC Championship game. And you walk out of there with a 12-point loss, final score 23-11. That was 15 years ago, Sean, and you are still not over it, and you can't imagine that you ever will get over it. Why? Time does not heal that wound? No, that was the best team I'd ever been on. We were a better team that year than we were the year we won the Super Bowl. Oh, that's just maddening, isn't it? And we were, it was the most fun I'd ever had Mm. during a season. Like, the season is a grind. And there's times in November where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I really have to play tomorrow. Like, my body doesn't want to do this. Like, you've got to force yourself to go play because you're just so banged up. That year, I couldn't wait to get to the stadium on game day. I couldn't wait to get out there because we were just kicking ass and taking names. Nobody could stop us. We ran on everybody. Ray Lewis talked a bunch of junk before we played Baltimore. We put up 200 yards on him. We spanked everybody, and we beat Carolina in an overtime game at home, one of the coldest home games we've ever had at MetLife Stadium, and that was for the number one seed. We got the bye. We were we were on top of the world, um, and then you know we had uh, Cheddar, Cheddar Bob um, shoot his pl- own pl- leg. Plaxico uh, had an incident, and that kind of derailed oh, our uh, offense. My laugh was about Cheddar Bob reference from Eight Mile, uh, not about Plaxico Burr shooting his own leg. It's a terrible thing that happened. No, it, it was, was tragic. timing, of course. It was tragic for him and, and the ripple effect on our team, we never really recovered. Yeah. And it wasn't really until years later that I ended up talking to Brian Dawkins about it and he was like, when, without 17 out there, we played you guys different. Yeah. Like when he was there, we had to double so him. So B-Doc admit, admitted that would have been a different contest yeah, for them had he been no on doubt, the field. No doubt, because we they could stack the box. They could bring that extra safety down in yeah. the box. And, you know, we, we were always running against that plus one defense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it made it so hard. And that was what our bread and butter was. With Plaxico there, they had to take they had to go two high safeties because somebody had to help out with him. And that made them more vulnerable to the run. So that was the toughest loss. To this day, if somebody ever brings that up, and I'm around Coach Coughlin, and he hears it. He gets red in the face. He's st- like, it's still. Red he's never face. gotten over red in the it. face like that NFC Championship game. In, well, not uh, that. In Green not Bay. that red extreme. Face. Um, not a frozen face. It's, it's something that you never get over. You never forget. And like we just talked about with Baltimore. Guess who played in the Super Bowl that year? The Arizona Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. How'd you do against we them? We beat both of yeah, them. Of course you did. We went into Pittsburgh and beat them. I know you we did. We beat the crap out of them. So we're <laughs> sitting there saying, you know, if we had beaten Philly, we would have. Um, you know, we would have hosted Kurt Warner and the Arizona Cardinals at home. They've been playing indoors. You know, they were, you know, slinging the ball. We knew we could have beaten them. We'd already beaten them before. And in the elements, like that kind of game doesn't really play. And then Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl, uh, we had already beaten them. So that was tough for us to, to watch. And it's a tough pill to swallow. And still, I've never gotten over it. Baltimore won't get over it. And neither will Detroit. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I want to thank today's very special guest, Sean O'Hara. Thank you for sharing your story with us and for offering a little advice to both the Chiefs and the Niners. I hope you were listening, guys. Conserve your energy. Uh, soak up every moment. Enjoy it. Know that your life's about to flash before your eyes, uh, but get yourself ready in the right way. And keep in mind, Niners, that the Chiefs may have a little bit of an advantage here, no matter what the odds makers say, because they've been on the road a little bit more lately than you have. Will it matter? It might just. And of course, I'm sorry to say, uh, to pass along what he had to say to you, Ravens fans and Lions fans and Ravens players and Lions players. But I think the pain is an indication of how much it means, that it's not just failure. It's not just the pain of having failed, having not made it. It's the pain associated with having given your whole self, your whole life, your whole body to something and not quite uh, achieving your dreams. But, Sean, I assume that your message to the Ravens and Lions is not simply that they will never forget it, but that they now have a chance to get over it with a win, and you fully expect the Ravens and the Lions to be in the mix next season. Yeah, and the only way to get over it is to go out and win the whole damn thing next year. Um, but it, it's, it, it takes time. Like you're, They're going to get back together in OTAs, and, and they're still going to be salty. And they're going to have to, you know, once the season starts, they're going to answer the questions. Um, it's harder to get back there the next year, um, as Dan Campbell already eloquently put it for everybody. And as your own experience, as you've just shared with us, uh, bears out the truth of as well. I won't see you before the Super Bowl. Who wins it? Niners, Chiefs, who wins it and how? I'm not looking for a score, but who wins it and how do they do it? I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes right you now. Can't. What he's doing right now, nobody is better when the play goes awry or when some, he has to improvise or make something up. He's the best that maybe that there has ever been in the NFL right now with what he's doing. So I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid has – you know, he I, he needs to be on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. And I think if he wins another Super Bowl, he's in a totally different category. Translation, we have a GOAT conversation to have with Sean O'Hara in the days to come. And we're so grateful for your time today. Sean O'Hara, thank you so much, bud. All right. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. 
And I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow when we're going to get into matchups, man-on-man matchups, coach-on-coach matchups, unit-on-unit matchups for Super Bowl 58. It's time for us to dig a little bit deeper, make you smarter. NFL fans, I'm going to have to become a smarter NFL host before then. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.